0: I believe there are some magical healing powers that can happen for all of us through sharing our stories, and I'll take all the help I can get. Hello and welcome. You are listening to Once Upon a Gene, and I'm your host, Effie Parks. I think I only mentioned it on my Instagram for some reason a while back that NORD, the National Organization for Rare Diseases, invited me to be a speaker at the 2020 Living Rare, Living Stronger Patient and Family Forum on a breakout panel for caregivers. So I'm going to be talking about stress reduction and emotional well-being as a caregiver. I would love if you could be there. It's obviously no longer in person, so it's going to be a virtual experience. The event's going to be held on July 18th and 19th, and I'll be on the panel on the 19th. So I can't wait to see you all there. You can register at Nord.com, that's N-O-R-D.com, for the 2020 Living Rare, Living Stronger Patient and Family Forum. I'll have it all in the show notes, too, for you to click on at effieparks.com slash podcast. This is my first time doing anything like this, and I'm so grateful for the opportunity. So wish me luck, and I hope to see you there. Today's episode is featuring a local father whose son was diagnosed with autism and ADHD. Unfortunately, there was very limited resources or therapy opportunities related to autism in Japan at the time. So... His family made the move to Seattle, Washington to get the help they needed for their son. He, like all of us, struggled to find affordable, quality products to help his son's challenges with anxiety, sleep, sensory, and attention. So he decided to create his own brand instead called Locky Kid. That's www.lakikid.com. It's grown to be more than just a product design company. It also has a community where families can help each other through patient support groups and live Facebook seminars for parents to ask each other questions about their kids with autism. So many of our kids include this diagnosis. So hopefully this episode will be valuable for those of you who love someone living with this diagnosis on top of it all. Here's my conversation with the founder of Locky Kid, Jason. Hi, Jason, how are you?
1: I'm doing good. How are you?
0: I'm doing pretty good. We've had a lot of sunshine in Seattle the last few days, so that always energizes me.
1: Yeah, for sure. Even so most of the time it's being spent at home. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: Yes. <laughs> Hopefully you have a backyard at least. I don't, but I go outside and try to find some grass.
1: I see. Okay, we have a small backyard.
0: Score. I feel like every other episode that I'm recording right now is with another dad, and that makes me so happy. I feel so blessed that you guys are motivated to talk to me, and I love hearing everybody's different sort of perspective on advocacy, so I'm excited. Why don't you just tell everybody how your story begins in Japan?
1: For sure. My journey started when back in 2013. My son, my oldest son, uh, was diagnosed with autism and ADHD while me and my wife was living in Japan. So my wife's Japanese, I'm Taiwanese, so I speak Japanese, Chinese, and English, of course. During that time, uh, unfortunately, in Japan, and like most of the Asian countries, the support, the therapy, and the help you can get when you have a kids on the spectrum or any kind of mental disability is very limited. I think it's, you have to do with the overall culture That's kind of how Asian communities and a lot of Asian cultures think. And they think like the mental disability is a taboo topic. People don't like to talk about it. People tend to hide it. And people and the parents just don't like to confront it. They were just trying to pretend it doesn't really happen. I mean, it happened to me on the personal side, because for the first, I think six months, when I first heard from my wife about the diagnosis, I was in like a total denial. I didn't, I refused to believe that something wrong with my son because there's no one else that have similar issues in my families, from my father's side, or from my mother's side. So I just refused to believe. And I think even right now, because I, we also run our own parents support group nowadays, I, I run into a lot of other parents, especially dads that will face, will be in this kind of denial phase because we as men like to fix things but when you have kids with autism or ADHD, you couldn't fix them. They are, it's not fixable. But you can help them to be, become better, to become a better version of themselves. So that's why we decided to move to United States back in 2015 to try to find better resources and find better opportunity for our son to be successful.
0: That's got to be tough. I know I interviewed another one of our friends, Nina Nazar, back in like episode 18, and she was living in India and moved to the United States, to Nebraska for care for her kids, too. That's a big uproot.
1: Yeah, it's unfortunately that's uh, pretty common for family live in Asia. Yeah, my my vision is uh, hopefully to continue part of the story. So after we moved back into the state in 2015, I started my own business in 2017. The vision of the business is to help other families like myself that is going through the similar journey. So currently, we run a parent support group of about 2,500 parents. We also have a podcast like yours, and we also do, our podcast is on a video format. We actually do, we have two different kind of show uh, twice a week. And we interview different experts like occupational therapists, speech therapists, or behavior therapists. And then we design and create different sensory products to help. But what I'm trying to say is because we went through and been there and we understand the struggle that we as parents face, especially in the beginning, when you first heard about the diagnosis, you can do all the research on the internet, but you, you just get overwhelmed with the amount of information that is out there and you don't really know where to start.
0: Totally. So is that the first thing that you did? Did you feel that you were kind of isolated in a way and you needed to connect with other parents? After digging and digging and reading so much, you still kind of felt a little disconnected from others in your community?
1: Definitely, because I mean, I can talk to my relative, but none of them understand what I'm going through mentally. Because if you don't really have a kid with like a special needs, you can try to understand, but you'll never understand. I mean, you can pretend that you kind of know what's going on but you really don't know until you have a kid that's on the spectrum so and each kid is different like for my son he was nonverbal until age six but once he turned six i don't know exactly what happened maybe it's because we were doing a lot of speech therapy and other therapy for him but somehow he he's a click and since a six, he started talking, and now he's on the op- opposite spectrum. He talked way too much. He couldn't stop talking, <laughs> so he go from totally nonverbal to talking excessively and couldn't stop himself. To, to watch like the way he have grown, and I mean, because I, I personally another interesting story is I didn't realize I have mental disability myself until I was doing a lot of research for my son the more research I was doing the more I realized I also have ADHD myself wow and I didn't I didn't realize that until like I'm like 35 (laughs) so I was living with it all my life for the past 30 years but I didn't even realize what it was I just thought I was kind of weird I was I didn't fit in like I went to five different high school, but I didn't know why because I never was able to fit in. I was not able to concentrate in high school. I did pretty poorly in, in high school, but now you can't explain everything because if I had ADHD and I didn't know how to deal with it. And that's why I wasn't able to be very successful in school because of the condition. But I hope that what happened to me doesn't happen to other parents and their kids that they didn't realize they have something until they, they are adults. And unfortunately, a lot of the cases, this still is the case right now. A lot of people still don't know they have ADHD or other symptoms until they are like 30 or they are 40.
0: Yeah, I bet that's Pretty true for a lot of people, actually, and especially for someone coming from someone somewhere outside of the U.S. that maybe isn't as inclusive or doesn't have as many resources or has a culture of they'll grow out of it or there's nothing wrong. I can definitely see that actually being pretty prominent and probably has helped you become a better advocate for your son just knowing what you went through yourself
1: yeah for sure for sure
0: i want to circle back real quick to your podcast and your video cast can you tell everybody what it's called so they can find it
1: yeah so we have two the first one we is called ask an autism mom live live stream on facebook once a week on thursday uh, 4 p.m pacific standard time was 7 p.m eastern Standard time that's where we do most of the interview and the second one that we also have is called Sensory Fitness Life. It's a new one that we just recently started a couple of weeks ago. So in that one, we have a occupational therapist. His name is Matt and he owned his own business called Sensory Fitness, and he had like in-person classes for kids because he not only have an occupational ther- therapy uh, background, but he also had background as a personal trainer, and he was also a special education teacher. Awesome. So he was trying to combine all his expertise, and he was doing like in-person classes before this whole COVID-19 scene uh, happen. Because of what's the situation right now, he cannot do any of the in-person classes that he was doing before. So we are helping and partner with him and turning his class into an online format. So we're still showing different activities. like like I don't know, have you heard of the term sensory diet? So sensory diet is not a food diet. It's like a different kind of sensory activities that parents can do with their kids at home to help with different sensory issues. So we're trying to do all that on the online format. And that's what the show is all about well
0: it's working I actually saw one of those videos with him a couple weeks before I met you so they're very cool check them out and also parents who want to go to these podcasts and these video casts that you have mm-hmm. Obviously, it's for kids who have a diagnosis of autism, but autism spans to so many of the rare diseases that I cover a lot. Like, There's multiple diagnoses for a lot of these kids. So are those families also welcome into this group to get support if they have more complex needs in addition to their autism diagnosis? Oh, of course, of
1: course. Yeah. We are actually thinking about changing the name for the group because a lot of the parent in there is not just about autism, but it's about all kinds of different special needs as well. But we started as the, uh, like autism focused, but the more we do, the more we realize there's a lot of other family that can be also benefited from the resources and the product and everything what we're doing. So. But the course is still autism but i would say adhd sensory processing even uh, down syndrome will be benefited from a lot of information we're sharing because everyone that have kids with special need will go through the process of having an iep meeting we, we have done multiple podcasts on iep and everyone that is going to go through like being an advocate for their kids and we also did a few different uh, interview on how to become a, the strongest advocate for your kid, both at home and also at school and also in public. So there's a lot of different information we're sharing for free just to empower and educate the family so they can really help and kind of move their kids along the journey.
0: Mm, thank you. So it's for everyone. Go check it out. These videos are really well organized and they're really informational. So definitely check it out. Now, I also know that you started a company called Lucky Kid.
1: Uh, yes, yeah so that that was a company I started back in 2017 and like I say, the reason behind it is because my son, I was trying to figure out how we can also help other families is uh, kind of facing the same situation that me and my wife did.
0: Yeah, I know anyone who knows me has heard me complain over and over about how expensive everything is that I have to buy for Ford, even if it's just like a little chewy. I mean, for some reason, the chewy like $30 and it's like a two inch piece of plastic, you know, <laughs> spanning, to, spanning to our chairs that can cost upwards of $10,000 just to like put them in a chair that has straps on it. So I'm really excited that you're doing something like this to provide more affordable toys and just tools for our kids mm-hmm. that we can get somewhere else without having to go through insurance.
1: Yeah, most of our item is pretty low cost, range from ten dollar to forty dollar. So we don't really we don't really have those like expensive ones that you just mentioned that require insurance.
0: I was kind of expecting to see like maybe a middle ground of before I went to your website and checked out your merchandise, and it was actually so much more affordable, refreshingly affordable than I even expected it to be. So thanks for thinking about these things. Thanks for providing them. How do you get the idea of which products you want to have made and carry? Do you take input from families or is it just stuff that you've seen that you've needed for your kid along the way?
1: It's, I would say it's a combination of the uh, of the two. So sometimes we'll get feedback from the parents in our support group. And sometimes I was just talking to different teachers and see what kind of, because we sell a lot to school and to the teacher, that's actually majority of our revenue. But because of the situation with coronavirus, it has uh, been affecting negatively, negatively impacting our business because all the school is getting shut down so most of the time uh, we do product research by talking to parents and talking to teachers and even talking to different occupational therapists see what kind of things they are using just to give you an example of one of uh, the product that we one of the new product we launched last year it was a product designed for a non-profit organization called culture city i don't know have you heard of culture city before but they are pretty big in the special needs space
0: I heard of it just by kind of researching you. I hadn't heard of it
1: before. Okay, so it's Culture City with K, and they have many wonderful programs. I would love for the listeners to check them out as well. One of the biggest programs they have is called Sensory Inclusive Initiative. Currently, I think it's available in over 300 different locations, including NBA stadiums, football and baseball arenas zoos aquariums and airports so what they will do in all those locations is they will do three things first they will provide staff training so the staff is aware of the sensory challenges that individuals especially individuals on the spectrums, or even individuals with sensory processing issues will face when they visit an NBA stadium. Just imagine the sound, the noises, the amount of input or the stimulation that kids will get. Oftentimes, it will lead to a meltdown because of the amount of sensory stimulation the kids will get in the NBA environment when you go watch an NBA game. So, they will also, so the nonprofit also provide a tool they call sensory bags so inside the bag is free for the family to use so inside the bags they have noise cancelling headphones you have some fidget toys, and you also have a weighted blanket that we designed for the nonprofit for them to use in their program. Our weighted blanket, the kids can ride on it using a water pen. And once the water dried out, it returned to the original color as well. So it's a lot more interactive than Very cool. weighted blanket. So then last but not least, the nonprofit will also help those arenas to build sensory room, which essentially is a quiet space or a safe space for the family to go to in case of the kids were the or could be a adult having a meltdown or having a tantrum. So we have been partnering up with with them for the past uh, two years and just working alongside. And I really love the mission that Culture City is doing. And also, their funding story is very similar to mine. The gentleman who founded Culture City, his name is Julian Maha. He is a medical doctor, but he founded Culture City on top of it, on, on the side. As a <laughs> passion, kind of like I did. I, I found the Culture City on the side. As, I mean, I found it, uh, lucky, sorry, I found a Lucky Kid on the side as a passion project as well. So me and him have a lot of things in common. His son also have autism. And his son have like similar ages with my son. And his son's also the reason he started his, his nonprofit now is like super big and he, he have different celebrity endorsement. He have endorsement from NBA players and different Hollywood actresses. So I feel like there's a lot of things that I can really resonate and I really would love for the listeners to check them out. They have multiple different programs. It's all free. For that would be beneficial for any family that have kids with special needs. Dang, Jason,
0: that's so cool! I knew that you were helping to create spaces of inclusion for our kids in public spaces, but I didn't know that was directly with Culture City. But that is such a cool connection. I love that. Is it just in Seattle?
1: No, they are. They are in the 300 locations, including. United States, Canada, UK, and Australia. It's worldwide.
0: Wow, very cool. So you just look on their website before you go to a place like the zoo or yeah, so have,
1: which airport you're traveling to. They have to. an app. Also, I think it's also free that you can download. And inside the app, you just need to type in your zip code. Then you you will find the nearest sensory inclusive locations that culture City provides. That you can mm. take your family to. So their idea is very different. So a lot of the different locations have an idea called sensory friendly, which means they will have, okay, Wednesday 9 a.m., you can go with your family. That's a quiet like time. But that's very different than sensory inclusive. It means the family can go anytime they want by using those tools. Because what is so if you just if you can only take your kids on Wednesday morning at 9 a.m. How inclusive that is, none of the parents can bring their kids at Wednesday 9 a.m. to a zoo. So, Excellent um, it point. doesn't make any sense to only <laughs> go there on Wednesday 9 a.m. during the sensory-friendly hour, which I did not like that concept at all. So when, yeah. when I heard about Cultural City's sensory-inclusive concept, it just make total sense as a parents that we can go anytime we want and we don't need to feel excluded from everyone else. Yeah. We still get the the help that we need.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. And that's important to have that distinction between, yeah, the sensory friendly nights and just being openly sensory friendly at all times of the day.
1: Exactly. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And actually, it's a very cool way to maybe meet other like minded families if you're needing that personal connection.
1: That's true, too. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And your kids can, you know, play alongside each other. And who knows, maybe you could strike up some pretty impactful friendships. Through events like that,
1: yeah, that, that's also true.
0: And I know you donate one percent of your proceeds from Lucky Kid to them. So thank you for that. That's so cool. I love that you guys have connected.
1: Yes, we are actually working on updating some of the partnership this year. We're supposed to launch a new program for the school. It's called Sensory Inclusive Classroom, which is taking like a similar idea that Culture City was already doing in the nba stadium but taking that concept into a public school environment and also provide the school with the training to the general education gen ed teachers and the paraeducators educators and also provide them with sensory rooms and different tools for them to use in the classroom But because of the virus outbreak, we kind of have to kind of suspend the program for this year. And hopefully once everything kind of clear next year, we can go back and continuing our effort to also make the school system to be more sensory inclusive as well.
0: Yeah, mate, you find a lot of time to get some stuff done, Jason. I'm (laughs) really impressed. I meet a lot of parents like you and I'm just like blown away by the things you can accomplish along with raising a family and having another job and just being a human being. It's really amazing.
1: Yeah, I try to utilize my time in the morning before my my day job, I guess.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So what were some roadblocks for you, especially maybe in the school setting that you found with your son, did you have any issues that you had to figure out or that specifically inspired any particular piece of your advocacy for making schools more inclusive?
1: The way that the school system here in U.S. is all different, it depends on which city you live in. They have a different setup, each district have a different setup, some have more resources, Some have zero resources so that's i mean i we're unfortunate that at least the school district that my son is in they ha, we have a really good iep team his special ed teacher is really he's really engaged in what my son was doing in the classroom and he tried to do a lot of uh, additional help even in the current situations uh, i think everything they have set up using google classrooms and they do like meetings almost daily. They have like one session for writing, one session for reading, another one for social skills. But unfortunately, not all the family have resources, or the school district have the resources to do something and have such a comprehensive program. So I think that's where, by talking to other parents within our support group, I see there's a gap in the even in the educational system that not a lot of the school have, not not all the school have this. Kind of resources, even either in in uh, phys- sensory physical products or in educations that they can provide to the staff. Yeah. So that that's I think that's where the gap is.
0: Yeah, I think they're doing like more special education training and training teachers to be on teaching kids with disabilities and other differences. I think that's being implemented in their education now, at least especially if you go back. But you're right, I think the education for some of that can be pretty slim. But it's moving. That's that's a good thing. Yeah,
1: for sure. For sure. I would say the U.S. is definitely ahead of the curve compared to other country, but it's still a lot of work ahead. Yeah.
0: So do you have any advice or what would you want parents to know who are kind of in the beginning of realizing that something might be going on with their child, something's a little different, or maybe they have just received a diagnosis?
1: I would say really definitely be open-minded to it. I mean, I'm guilty of that myself. Like I mentioned, I was in denial for the first six months, So, but definitely be open-minded and trying to talk to other parents. I mean, uh, they can also join our support group, which is free to join, and you can find, the listener can find our support group by searching on Facebook. It's called Ask an Autism Parent. That's the name for the support group. And by talking to the parents, then you will definitely see and find support because most of the family is going through the similar issue that you are going through. Even so, each kid have their individual needs, but a lot of the common struggle or the common problem that we're facing. Everyone is sharing the same problem.
0: Yeah. And even if you just want to be a wallflower, I know I did that in groups for so long, just watching and listening, you know, you still feel like you're there and you're getting the support, but you don't necessarily have to share anything right away. And you don't have to be commenting on everything. You could just be there to listen. And that is really helpful too. For sure. Well, is there anything else that you want to leave our audience with Jason?
1: Right now we also because of the situations, we also put together a free uh, coronavirus social story ebook. It's totally free to download. They can also find it on our website at LuckyKit.com. Besides the free social story printable, we also done a few different interview on uh, how to create positive learning environment at home. And also, we also done another interview with uh, occupational service on how to uh, how to make learning more fun at home by in- incorporate different strategies that the kids and uh, their parents can do. And I know it's a very tough time for all parents, not just special needs parents, but for special needs parents, especially it's even tougher because now you're spending time with your kid 24 hours seven days in the week (laughs) it's Mm -hmm. not easy because before you just need to see them after they come back from school now you are homeschooling you are the teacher you are the parents you are also you also need to cook it's just a lot of things that's a therapist you're also a therapist yes yeah so it's just a lot of things to, to it could be very overwhelming for the parents and the caregiver out there so i would say never just don't give up and always seek for support, and here in Lucky Kid with my teams, we have a lot of we are most of our resources are free. And if you do want to try some of our product, most of our product is really affordable. You can definitely try it, but definitely check out the free resources that we have. So, and we are the company was created to help other parents to go through different kind of crisis. And I believe everyone right now is in a crisis. <laughs> so.
0: Yes, definitely go check out the videos, join the groups, check out Locky Kid. It's so cool. And thank you for offering so much of this stuff for free to all of these families, Jason. It's clear that you did do this to help parents to maybe have an easier time than you did in the beginning, and you're helping everyone move the needle. So I really appreciate your advocacy and just all the cool ideas that you're bringing out. So thanks for telling everybody about it, and I'm excited for everything to open up and to see how much more your business flourishes.
1: For sure. Thank you very much for having me on the show today.
0: My pleasure. Bye, Jason. Thank you. I hope you've been enjoying this podcast. If you like what you hear, please share this show with your people and please make sure to rate and review it on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also head over to Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter to connect with me and stay updated on the show. If you're interested in sharing your story or if you have anything you would like to contribute,
1: mm <laughs> <laughs>